0: Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where real people tell real stories about the real sex that they are having. Please keep all sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourselves and enjoy these stories of original creativity today from our guest, a 23 year old white Jewish queer cis woman who's into meandering makeouts, switchy queer group sex, power play, and tension building, think extended chastity play, and the slow burn of relationship anarchy. She is a confident dom but has recently been taking time to explore her more submissive side. From the Pacific Northwest, welcome Emma. Hi. Can you tell our listeners where you fall today on the shame with 10 being super full of shame and 1 being not so shamey at all? I think that if
1: you asked me three months ago, I would have been like, I'm a zero. I don't have any sexual shame. But like you said, I've been sort of exploring this more submissive side of myself and I'm finding myself getting really, I don't know if shame is the right word, but feeling like really embarrassed to talk about it a little bit. I'm like, oh my God, people are going to know that I'm weak, which is like, I really don't believe that being submissive is weak. I think it's actually like a real act of power. And like, clearly, like, I don't think my submissives are weak, but like, yeah, it's just something I've just been kind of giddy about and like. I don't know if there's shame, but maybe I'm like at like a one or a two
0: now. I love that. I think it's beautiful to also just be like, oh, yeah, I do have a little shame. I will say I connect with that when it comes to things that are like at the edge for me. You know, like when I'm like talking about pee play in my mouth and stuff like that, I'm sort of like, oh. Yeah, it's like, okay, I'll do it. But like,
1: I'm not really going
0: to talk to people about it, like in the light of day. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Okay, and then can you give us a little snapshot of what is your sex life like right now? What are the highlights? What are you loving?
1: So I have like two bigger relationships in my life. I like practice relationship anarchy. I have a nesting partner who I live with, who is a cis queer woman. She's like a real powerhouse. Think like Bet Porter on the L word. And I think our sex is like very intimate and sweet and loving. And then I also have a boyfriend who is a cis queer man. And we sort of have this dynamic in which we're both like very 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 switchy and so we'll go like a couple of months where I'll dom him and then he'll go a couple months where he'll dom me and then right now like we're in a period where he's been doming me for like the last like three months and we're just about getting ready to like switch back. And then recently, I started sleeping with his other girlfriend. And like, we've all been playing together like pretty regularly. And it's, I don't know, group sex has always been like something I was striving for in life. And right after I had sex, I was like, that's great more. And so I think I'm really excited at this prospect. Like I've never really had a recurring group sex situation or like set up where it's like, oh, we all just like know each other really well and like know each other's bodies." because it feels like to me a lot of the time it's like at a party I'll meet somebody and like have incidental group sex, but it's like, Oh my God, this is something I really like really good. So that's been an exciting like development in the last like month or so. Yeah. Like I said, I practice relationship anarchy. So I have intimate relationships with friends or like I make out with my friends a lot and it's sex positive And it's also just like sort of sex motivated. Like I consider sex a hobby and like to like invest time and energy into the sex that I'm having And so, yeah, I think like I'm really satisfied sexually in my life and continue to strive to be satisfied sexually in my life.
0: I am so happy to hear so much of what you just said, and I'm so inspired by it. And I'm also noticing in myself that while pretty much everything you said is like stuff that I want, I feel shy about using the word relationship anarchy to describe myself. Can you tell us a little bit just briefly how you came to use that phrase and like what it means to you?
1: Yeah, I totally get that imposter syndrome of like, am I really doing this?
0: Am I wild enough to be a relationship anarchist?
1: Right. Because I'm like, well, on paper, a lot of my relationships, like they look pretty maybe normal. Like I live with a partner. But I really appreciate the opportunity to craft my relationships and exactly what they need to be and just like allow them to evolve over time. I think like my relationship with my boyfriend, Andrew, has been like a real practice in that. We've been together just like right about a year. But like over the course of that, our relationship has evolved in a lot of ways. We met because right when we got vaccines. We were both like the first ones on field, like with our respective partners, like looking for group sex, like immediately. And I think in that it was like, okay, I see you. We like know each other in that sort of way. And so that has sort of like catalyzed for me this, like we describe our relationship as like everything that we want and nothing that we don't. And as the relationship evolves, like those things change and like the things that we want and the things we don't want have changed and are continuing to change. And like, that's exciting and cool. I make my relationships what I want them to be, and like I have very close platonic friendships that are sometimes sexual. I have just like fully platonic relationships, and like I value my friends as much as I do like romantic partners, and appreciate that relationship anarchy gives me space to do that. And I think for me, that's like the line between like polyamory and relationship anarchy. A little bit is like no, I can actually have a best friend, and that can be in like a platonic relationship, and that can be really important and big to me. And even being like as sex motivated as I am, I I. still appreciate having the space
0: to just be platonic with somebody and be invested in that. I'm going to say out loud that I'm a relationship anarchist now.
1: Yeah, you fucking are. I've always been non-monogamous. And I think part of that is just I'm lucky I'm Gen Z because that was right away like an option. I think I had like one monogamous relationship when I was like 18 and then was pretty quickly like, okay, this is not going to be the route that I go on through high school. I slept with all my friends. It's just like something, I think there's a lot of discourse of like identity versus lifestyle in like non-monogamy. And for me, I'm like, no, it's an identity thing. Like I tried to be in a monogamous relationship and I was not happy and I was not fulfilled because I'm a really independent individual and like appreciate relationships that center that. So yeah, I think sort of, reading about polyamory, reading about non-monogamy and like different ways that it can show up in your life. I found that this is just sort of what works best for me is sort of this approach to kind of at least not like prescriptive hierarchy and my different relationships have different responsibilities and different asks of me and like, that's okay. And like, they do maybe pan out a hierarchy of like how much time or energy I put into them or what they look like. But I'm not saying this relationship is the most important to me because it is my primary relationship. And I won't say that. So yeah, I think it was just sort of like finding what works for me over the course of my like dating and romantic life. I've done like a we'll sleep with people together. I've done an open relationship and then have like, in the last couple of years landed in this more just like, no, I'm, I think I'm pretty actively practicing relationship anarchy and just there are no rules. There are no rules in anything. And
0: there certainly aren't rules in there. Were there any books that you read that you found super helpful or articles or resources or anything like that?
1: I mean, honestly, like on relationship anarchy in particular, it's a lot of just like, what do you want to do? Go do it. When I was first really digging into like, not only am I like polyamorous, but like, it's going to be a big part of my life. And like, it's a significant thing that I'm doing. I read Polysecure. I really like that book. That's one I think I like recommend to people over some of the I think like I've read them all. I've read The Ethical Flat. I've read more than two. I was already coming from a place of like, no, I know this about myself. This is what I'm doing. I didn't need to be guided through that process. I needed a little bit of backing up. Like, here's how you do this. Here's like an evidence-based way to approach relating in this way. More than anything, it's just like just kind of learn by doing it and just figuring out like, oh, these are lessons I need to learn. And these are lessons I have learned.
0: Okay, last sub question on this overview tangent. Does that mean that you are very communicative with all of your, what do we call them? Not partners, but maybe like anarchist lover friends?
1: I use partners. I think it's the most nebulous term. Have you heard the term, like, kitchen table, Polly?
0: I've heard of kitchen table, Polly, and understand it as people can eat dinner or lunch or a meal with their partner and their partner's partners around a table. Like, they're, like, friendly with each other.
1: Exactly. We joke that we're king bed, Polly. Like... <sighs> <laughs> even though like my nesting partner and my boyfriend they don't really have a relationship with each other like they'll still sleep with each other at a party and like there's just like this intrinsic level of comfort and like we're all pretty intertwined and I think in doing that it gives us a lot of trust to like lean into these relationships and like I trust that I know that like my meta is going to respect my relationship with my partner yeah there's a lot of talking going on
0: that's hot constantly. that's so hot and just for listeners who maybe aren't super familiar with terminology, meta is short for metamore, which means it's like the partner of my partner that I may not necessarily fuck. But in a relationship anarchy, like you can, but it's not expected. Right. And then sometimes you do. And then it's like, oh, what are we doing? Yeah. Oh, What's yeah. going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Fun. Can you just tell us now what does sexy mean to you?
1: I feel sexy when I am being playful and in general, like I am a playful person in my life and I appreciate having space to sort of lower my inhibitions a little bit and tap into sort of this, I won't say primal because I don't think the sex I'm having is particularly primal usually, but like playful, like this fun place. I like having fun in my life. Fun is important to me and being sexy is a lot of fun. I'm so glad to hear you say that.
0: Do you notice a connection between when you're feeling like really turned on erotically, sexually and other forms of creativity in your life?
1: I think yes. Like I write a lot of stand up comedy and do that. And a lot of it is like pretty kinky and sexy. And I think that is inspired by the sex that I'm having. I also joke like I'm an ex-theater kid and like kind of joke with my partners that like, no, like kink is like improv. And so I think in that way, like these things do feel very similar. Also, just like the planning of a scene, like especially in a kink dynamic, I'm like, this is it. This is it for me. This is all I ever wanted to do was like get people off and get to play pretend.
0: I totally feel that. And then can you tell us what is your personal understanding of consent? And did you ever learn about it growing up?
1: I don't think that I learned about consent much growing up. For me, consent is just that I do not want to do anything to anyone or tell anyone anything unless they have explicitly told me that they would like that to occur. I work with kids and like that applies to them. That applies to like, can I pick you up? Can I wipe your face? That applies to my friends of like, can I tell you this hard thing that I experienced? I think consent applies in all areas of my life. And I'm constantly asking for consent for a lot of things of like, Can I sneak behind you? Can I do that? It's just like expressly asking somebody before you make a choice for them.
0: Beautifully said. Now, can you please tell us what happens to your shame a meter when it's time to talk to a new partner or any partner, I guess, about safer sex? How would the ideal version of this conversation go for you?
1: In general, I like have a pretty,
0: like a stump speech, a little
1: bit of like, (sighs) here's when I was last tested. Here were my partners were last tested. And then I usually like in that wrap into here are things I like and here's things I don't like, or I guess I actually don't usually say when my partners were last tested, but I do try and explain the scope of like my risk profile. And then we'll just like lead with that of like sharing my information. And I think that models those conversations. Then there was a point where like, I wasn't comfortable having those conversations. And so like, if somebody was to just lead with their information, then I'd be like, oh, I can do exactly that. And it's a nice segue into, like, you, like, do the sexual health thing and then maybe talk about, like, if you have any triggers or, like, consent things that you want to, like, really be on top of and then say, like, here's what I like and here's what I don't like. And it kind of segues into, like, sexiness. But I don't experience much shame in doing that. I think, like I said, there's this line between shame and embarrassment that is, like, a little bit sometimes like, oh, not as much anymore. (laughs) Totally, totally. Plenty of bloody practice.
0: <laughs> I love that too, and I love sort of the what I'm hearing is kind of my same experience of like gaining my own confidence through my experiences with other partners, and then I can pass that along and like kind of create examples for other people. That's making a world where we are fucking taking sexy care of each other. I like that. Okay, now let's go back to your formative years. What is your first memory around sex? When I was like 10 or 11, I got a
1: like vibrating back massager for Hanukkah and it had like three prongs on it and it was like definitely a back massager and like that little guy carried me through teenagehood like for sure but I do have like this very explicit memory of my mom coming upstairs and her being like I smell something burning are you burning something in here and I like had the vibrator under the covers and I didn't know quite like this is sexual but I did know this isn't quite something I want my mom to see. And so I think that was my first memory of having this awareness that maybe there was a part of my existence that I didn't quite know about yet. Then I got on the internet. In middle school, I got on Tumblr and I was like definitely looking at like gifts on Tumblr. I had like a Tumblr girlfriend who lived in Finland and we would Skype and I like re-downloaded. Skype and I was like, I don't think I've been on Skype since thirteen, and like, so that was like my first queer yearning experience. And then I would YouTube like girls kissing. I definitely grew up with pretty unfettered internet access, but I also
0: wasn't seeking porn necessarily. I was just seeking information. So you didn't necessarily get a ton of information from the adults around you, or what was the vibe like in your household?
1: I think the adults in my life had things to focus on other than their kids in a lot of ways and like some of those things were like pressing things but it wasn't necessarily that there was like any sexual shame or like my parents never they're like pretty chill people but it just wasn't really a topic of conversation nor were there like many topics of conversation it was sort of like I did my own thing and they did their own thing and we engaged as necessary that being said like I know my parents are pretty sexual people I know my mom is kinky when I was like I don't know how old I was late elementary school and it was a family birthday party and my little brother who was like six or seven at the time came downstairs holding a whip And he whipped me in front of all of our extended family and was like, I found this in my mom's bedroom. And then she was like trying to cover. She's like, it's for an Indiana Jones costume. Oh, wow. From that moment, I was like, I know, I know. Also, like, she's got to be.
0: What about sex ed lessons in school? Where did you grow up?
1: I grew up in eastern Washington which is really close to Idaho. So it's like this very interesting dichotomy of like, well, we're in Washington and like Washington's a blue state. And like we have progressive laws regarding like sex education in general. Like they definitely passed some stuff. It's like at least since I've been in sex ed, some like comprehensive sex ed from kindergarten and like some pretty good stuff going on. I do remember that in fifth grade, I had a male teacher and they decided that that was the first year they were going, or actually sixth grade, they were going to do co-ed sex ed. They used to like split up the boys and the girls. And when they did that in like fifth grade, they like taught us about menstruation. And that was more where that was focused. And then the next year, I will say like they explained what sex was and they explained like, here's what happens. They said, you can get pregnant. Here's how you get pregnant. Here's how you avoid getting pregnant. The gap was there was no discussion of pleasure. And for me, I feel like I was starting to make those connections of like, hmm, this Hanukkah vibrator feels really good. And also people are having sex. But I remember they had this drop an anonymous question box and I wrote on it, why would anyone have sex if they weren't trying to have a baby? Like, why would you do this? I also wrote it in like the same sparkly blue pen that I turned all my assignments in. in so it was not an anonymous question. Like, and they also didn't answer it. Oh, really? Yeah, I also probably knew the answer.
0: I just wanted to hear him say it. I mean, for me, the missing piece of sex ed is emotional context. Like we don't get taught about emotions. And I struggle with that. Like to this day, as an almost 33 year old person, like I'm 10 years older than you almost. And like, I just want that like pleasure. Yes. And like the pleasure of the emotional experience, too. Okay, so you got all these like, I don't know, disparate teachings. Did you ever get a good sex ed or what? Yeah, my mom
1: worked in public health and she worked at an SEI clinic that was doing like HIV testing in Eastern Washington, which was like pretty cutting edge at that time. Like, at least at that point, it was really a conservative place. And like to have this clinic that was focused on like gay sexual health was like a pretty big deal. And I did like go to like bring your kid to work day with her. I think sexual health has always been like super important to me because of that. So like, I guess there were conversations. I didn't have like a... Barrier penetrative sex until like six months into a relationship, like a year ago. That was definitely drilled into me, and I think maybe in a way that was maybe a little much. I think that I had some like stigma stuff that I had to like unlearn because I was basically of the opinion that like getting an STI is the worst thing that could possibly happen to you. So like that was part of it, and then I like also feel like I just like knew a lot about sex because I've always cared a lot about sex. I'm sure my teachers were like, just shut up, like we don't want to be doing this, you don't want to be doing this, but I did want to be doing that questions left and right like no shame telling my peers like that's not true so a little hellion from the beginning
0: okay so now can you tell us how did your masturbation explorations lead to partnered explorations did they
1: well i went to summer camp as you do i started kissing at summer camp as like a young teen really enjoyed that I wasn't in a relationship until like my freshman year of college but I did sleep with my friends like all through high school I did high school theater and I think just like was always of the opinion of like oh sure but I also am like busy and have important things in my life so like if it comes up absolutely I'm game but like I've got places to be and now as an adult I'm like the places I have to be are like having really good sex I think I was pretty unintentionally practicing relationship anarchy as a teenager of just, like, making out with my friends and, like, doing weird things in people's basements.
0: Your personal body. What does she love? How does she love to be touched? And then, like, what do you like to do to other people? What do you like them to have done to you? Let's start with masturbations and then oral pleasures and we'll work our way up to all the things.
1: I don't masturbate a bunch, at least in this current place I'm in in my life. Like, I have a lot of sex and if I'm masturbating, it's like, I'm making an activity of it. I have like a solo night home alone and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. Cause I also think what I found is like over time, the things that I like and want evolved or like the things that I want to like have evolved of like, okay, yeah, I can get off really easily in this one way. But like, what if I didn't? So I think in general, like I like intentionality in every aspect of my life and like setting intentions, like going into sex or going into masturbation is something that I really like. I like, slow, firm pressure. Like I have like a lot of like sensory things. And so like sometimes things can feel ticklish in certain parts of my body if they're like too soft of a touch. But then it's like, oh, if it's too firm of a touch, that doesn't feel right. Like I'm finicky. I'm like, it's not easy. I like, and I think that's what I appreciate about like having these longer term relationships that have really great sex and have partners who are like invested in getting to know this shit and like who care about that. Yeah, it's really just been a real joy. That's so awesome.
0: Do you like to be gone down on? I'm working on it.
1: I have a lot of hangups in general about just like, I love attention, but I think sexually I aim to please. And that is my sort of driving force in this is like, I love seeing other people experience pleasure. And like, as a Dom and as a sub, like, I aim to please and like, I want to give a fulfilling experience to my partner. And I think recently I've been sort of just digging into like okay but what about you like other people like to give you a fulfilling experience and also like you deserve a fulfilling experience and I think especially like getting gone down on feels just particularly like you are simply giving me attention also in like a very vulnerable way so because of that like both of my partners aren't particularly quick to like try and go down on me because for a long time I was like "Mm, I would like allow it I never was like particularly skeeved out but like after a while i'd get in my head and then i'd just be like i'll just do something else because i'd rather be doing something else lately i've been trying to just ask for it more even if it's not necessarily like i said it's something that i would like to like i think it feels good but i just sort of get in my head about being like are they enjoying this is this good for them i want my partner to be enjoying whatever it is that is occurring and i also need to remember that people enjoy giving me attention and giving me pleasure that is the whole thing and so. Yeah, that's something I'm working on and practicing.
0: For me, that was why submission kind of really changed my whole life. Are you experiencing sort of like... a? Uh... I think these things are
1: aligned, yeah. Omicron has been the season of submission for me. It's like, well, we're going to be inside, so might as well. It's great. That has definitely correlated, I think, in just like exploring kink in general. Dominic came really naturally to me. And before I always was like, sure, I like impact, like I will be submissive in that way. But I was always just like, nobody's ever really earned my submission. I feel like I'm not just going to give that up willy nilly, like being submissive is a very vulnerable thing for me. And it is hard for me to share that with somebody who I don't already have like a very trusting
0: connection with. Dom wise, how do you like to give to others?
1: I think there's a lot of power in doing as little as humanly possible to somebody. And I think that like part of that is just like the people that I'm doming are pretty into like denial and those things. And in general, it's like, that's what I want to do is I want to find out like, what is motivating you to do this? Right. And then, craft what I'm doing around that so I really am a fan of like starting a scene with very very gentle like pads of the fingertips touching down the spine or things like that or literally just like my breath on your spine my breath on your neck I will monologue into your ear telling you what I'm going to do to you. I really like fantasizing in general. I also might not do those things. In general, when I'm thinking about something, I'm like, that's maybe not comfortable to me or like that's maybe something that is pushing a limit for me that I would really need to like sit with and think about. I'm like, but I'll talk about it. Sure. Like, (laughs) that sounds great. So yeah, I think that is one of my favorite things to do, especially when I'm just getting to know somebody in a kinky context to chat and just like dirty talk a bit and see like where they're landing and like are our submissive and dominant energies compatible here in this place? I think that like my dominant energy comes from like a very nurturing place. And I think like that is something I seek in a dominant as well. In general, we just all want to be taken care of and take care of each other. And I'm just pretty explicit about that of like, no, like, we're doing this for each other. And like, I absolutely get a lot out of it. But what I get out of it is seeing the, like,
0: fulfillment from my submissive. And there are so many different flavors. I am hear that you're nurturing, but are you like strict nurturing? Or are you like more gentle nurturing? Or does it kind of depend on the day?
1: Yeah, I've evolved. So I went to school for early childhood education and like work with young children in my career. And I found a really interesting relationship in the like, I've had to learn to be a little bit more unreasonable because I was like, well, no, I would never speak to a person, even in like a nurturing or like leaders, I would never speak to a person <laughs> that way. Or like, I was trying to like gentle parent my way through doming. And that was just not really effective for the most part. It can be for some people, but like, I think there are similarities in that like I give a lot of choices and I do like a good predicament of like, do you want this or this? So yeah, I think I've gotten less nurturing over time. Also, like I have gotten more confident. I've just gotten the opportunity to like lean into that and like have somebody to explore with That I'm like, I trust that like if I do something you don't like, you're going to tell me. And if you do something I don't like, you're going to tell me. And so it's given me some space to like fuck up a little bit or like try something and just immediately like. I don't like doing this. Let's move on. And that feels good. My partner and my Smith has told me, like, you can be a little bit meaner. Like, it's okay. You can be a little bit more unreasonable. And I think, like, harnessing that inner sadist is tough for me. But, like, it's there also. And, like, I do find this dumb space and enjoy it. It takes me a bit because that's just not my inclination in life in general. But that's the fun of it. It's playing pretend. And I really like that
0: yeah it's so funny because as i hear you talk i really am admiring your confidence and the clarity and it just sounds like you have such a great set of tools in your pocket for this type of play in so many ways and it's just so funny because like i feel so vulnerable about all of the dominant things that you're describing in a way that it sort of feels like it mirrors your vulnerability around submission whereas i'm like "No, no no no, you can beat me and i'll suck your whatever you want for as long as you need yeah yeah please degrade me but like lovingly like take care of me and degrade me even what i'm working on now like as i develop my I like dumb parts inside is sort of like really exploring the parts of me that are deeply uncomfortable telling someone else what to do, even though I know it's like what they literally want and is in their best interest. We're humans. And so thank you for all We're of that. We're humans. Share. Yes. Yeah.
1: I think I notice a lot of people get so wrapped in kink as like an identity to the fact that they're like removing their humanness from yes, it. Yes, And that's not to say that there isn't so much value in like identifying as kinky and existing in kinky spaces and like kink being a big part of your life and it's also just like I think that people forget sometimes that like kink is a little bit of a drug. I don't know, it's a little fucky sometimes and you have to be cognizant of the fact that you're a human being underneath it all.
0: Everything in moderation. Are you a dom that like touches your subs a lot? Like are you physical oriented or you more implement oriented or is it just a mixture?
1: I think it's depends on like the season and like I'm only 23. I'm like in a very exploratory phase of like figuring out what I like and what I want to do. And like I'm really grateful to have a partner that's like pretty game for all of that and like down to explore and down to try things. So like last October my Meta and I co-dommed our partner through like a Locktober, like an extended period of chastity. And that was really fun because it was a combination of like a very physical scenes with him and also just like I think by virtue of the way we live our lives like we all live separately from one another these extended periods of play can be kind of hard and these dynamics can be kind of tricky and it's like I understand how these extended periods of chastity could be really fun if you were like husband and a wife and you were like living in the house and you could fuck with him for a couple minutes and then just like bend him off to work or whatever but like we have to be really intentional about what we're doing I like teasing and I like working my setup to the edge I will use implements and like I just don't don't think that's necessarily my go-to tactic I think I can and will but in general I just think like I like the sort of psychological elements a lot more and I think just in the relationships I'm having that tends to come out a bit more
0: do you want to tell us specifics of the psychological elements or would you prefer to tell us specifics of like when you do get physical like how do you like to touch another partner's genitals like just tell us what you love
1: I like the build and I like variety. And so in general, like I really appreciate like slow pat of the fingertip touches like down the entire body. I think like up like the back of somebody's like ass and like up their balls and up their cock can be really fun. And like feeling tension build in their body, like as they go, is just like, Oh, and also knowing like I may or may not have the power to like allow that tension to release. That's my bread and butter is like feeling that power of like, no, you, you have all this tension in you and, you fucking love it like you you just keep that right there that's really fun in general like I like meandering and I like just taking time to have sex that's just not goal-oriented a lot of just like I'm just gonna linger at your nipples with my mouth and just like let's just make out for hours I love making out spin the bottle is my new I wish I could go to parties again because I just spin the bottle so much and so that's why I'm just building up this little extended polycule of slutty people is just so I have more people to make out with on the rig. I really like existing with a person and like sharing physical touch that doesn't necessarily have a goal. And I think especially with like partners with vulva, it might not be as quick to like reach climax. It's like, I don't care. Like, I'm not here for that. That's not what I'm here for. And so, yeah, I really enjoy just like meandering and existing. And I also think like taking time and slowing down gives me the opportunity to figure people out a little bit more.
0: And it builds that tension that you are excited about. That's how I experience a lot of the meandering. Do you feel like you have to like I'm imagining in my head like, yeah, I want to have meandering partners just like Emma. So, okay, maybe I'll ask them a questionnaire at the beginning of dating that like how do you communicate with people or do the meanderers just kind of like fall through because the impatient ones get through or are you the patient one? Because I'm so impatient, then like I kind of need someone else to help me meander. Like that's why it was really helpful to have a dom who's like. I'm literally going to tie you down so you can stop talking. Like, I'm going to gag you so you shut up and tie you down so you stop fucking, like, sucking my cock. You know, like, how do you find that?
1: Well, my tactic would be suck on the first date.
0: (laughs) It's just chemistry a lot of the time. Like, I think that there is
1: also something to be said for that, like, really primal, animalistic fucking. And, like, I can be done with that sometimes, but that's not really my, like, instinct. And I think that's what it comes down to me is just, like, chemistry. And when talking about, like, the sex I like to have and, like, having those initial conversations, like, I like to talk about having sex before I have sex with somebody. And so that maybe gives me a better picture of, like, well, what do you like? And if you're telling me that like your answer is like doggy style, I'm like, well, this is maybe going to be different because I think that's sort of, I like was saying I was a lesbian and then like just having sex with a bunch of cis men, but it was like, I don't love them. So it's okay. Now I'm like in a relationship with a cis man but we just have penetrative sex for like the first six months of our relationship for the most part and so I think that's something I found is like just decentering that in my sexual life is really fulfilling and like finding people who are also just into touching and just like being touchy and like that has led me to like a lot more meandering
0: oh my god that's amazing can you tell us a little bit about the specifics that you're body likes to feel and just what it feels like to be in your body and when you feel the most in touch with her? Like lately, being submissive, I've really appreciated
1: the opportunity to
0: just listen to my body and just
1: simply be focused on like what I am feeling. My back is really sensitive. Any touching on my spine, like berm or really gentle touches, I really appreciate that. And it just sort of just like sends these tingles through my whole body of like, you are a sexual being, you are a woman. And I really enjoy that. If I'm like trying to come, I really appreciate firm pressure, not on my clit, but like way above my clit, like against my pubic bone.
0: Me too. Yes, yeah, so hot. Were you a couch humper? No, I was just a flat hand fingerer. And I cannot really come from humping things except for like one or two thighs ever. I feel like I should have humping powers, but it might just be a mental thing. So that's uh, maybe that's on my bucket list.
1: That's where I put my magic wand. And I love my magic wand. I go through like one every other year because I'm tough. Like it bends the head to hold it like that. Amazing. Is this supposed to be a disposable item? I don't think so. I love my magic wand I think I want to get a magic wand tattoo I'm like this shit changed it all for me after I like started having that as a tool it took the pressure off of me to come a little bit because I was like I know that at any moment I could come but I don't want to and I don't necessarily need to and like if I know that there is a tried and true I have a little bit more space to do other things and also sometimes I don't come and that's fine a lot of the time I don't come and that's fine like I need internal stimulation to come as well. Like fingers inside me, like sort of the like come hither is like really nice. I think just like rocking in general. Toys wise, I really like firmer toys, like stainless steel or glass, things like that tend to be more like what my body likes. And even if there's not motion inside me, I like to have something to kind of grip onto and like let that tension build a little bit. I have, I'm from like just penetration
0: and I have, I'm from just my clip, but like
1: I have like a lot of different kinds of orgasms and the kind I want to have like require both.
0: I also identify as finicky when it comes to like vulvular stimulation and vaginal stimulation, all of it. And I think one of the cool things for me is that it does seem to give this sort of like array of different experiences because like every day, every moment really is different. Can you have more than one orgasm at a time? I mean, not at a time, but like in a session. <laughs>
1: Definitely. Definitely. I've like always been able to have multiple orgasms. I recently have like explored a little bit in like orgasm torture and like how many orgasms can you have? And like, what if the orgasms don't feel good anymore? And that's been really fun and exciting. And honestly, like, it was a kink that I feel like I've had or like have been interested in for a long time. It's a tough one to, like, oh, the vibrator's desensitizing me, or like, you're, it's not, I'm not gonna get off again. And the persistence is the key there. For me to say, no, I don't think I can come again, and for my dom to be like, actually, you really can and you will. Also, like, once you know how to make me come, like, you can make me come pretty quick. Oh, I love that. I love that. I'm also good at like saying what I want and need and will do that. I think also, though, sometimes what I want and need is, like, to feel more comfortable with you and, like, take more time in, like, a relationship before that might feel like something that comes easier to me. And so it's not all physical. And that is something that took me a while to understand. And, like, I was on SSRIs from age 12 to 22. And in the last year, I've been able to get off of it. It's so much easier to come. I am just, like, so much hornier. And I think it's pretty impeccable that I, like, was as horny as I was. But now I feel I'm, like, Is this what it feels like to be a teenage boy? Because I just like, (laughs) yeah, I'm a real horn dog these days. Yeah, it's been really nice to learn about my sexuality for the first time as a person who like doesn't have this chemical barrier occurring.
0: Something you said just a couple minutes ago, you mentioned stainless steel toys and glass toys. A lot of the stainless steel toys that I'm familiar with are anal toys. Are you into butt stuff?
1: I am into butt stuff. Like, I like having my ass eaten. I think that is like one of my favorite sensations in the world. Like, it's so unexpected when it happens when I'm like, oh, okay. I'm not like afraid of butt stuff. I think I'm just sort of like indifferent to it. Like, I haven't explored too much in that area, at least for myself personally. And so, like, it's not necessarily something I usually think to ask for because it's just like not usually on my menu. But I love other people's butts. That's something that I want to explore further is like tagging a little bit. I've done it a little bit. It's not something that I have explored too far. And so it feels a little taboo or a little like unknown, but also that's exciting.
0: Yeah, I think when I was 23, I was starting to explore butt stuff for the first time. And what that looked like was like vanilla vodka shots and a boyfriend, you know? And like, we just didn't know like what we were doing. And so for a while I was like butt curious, but I was like, ah, no, nah, it's not for me. And it wasn't until I had a partner that was like, I own your asshole. Now I'm gonna train it. That I was like, you know, and now it's one of my favorites. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I like had that same experience with like deep throating. Of like, I'm gonna want to do this. Like, I had sex for the most part with people with vulvas for my like first few years of like being sexual, and then like now that I'm like in this, ex- I was like, oh, I want to like to so, like have done like some throat training stuff and like have oh, I like have gained skills in this. Now I'm walking away like I'm a more trained person. Totally. We really do walk away from sexual relationships a lot of the time. It's changed.
0: Yes, which is why it's one of my favorite ways to play and grow and explore and learn from each other. I just like love it so much. Can you tell us if there is anything in particular that makes you feel desired and appreciated like specifically?
1: I really love little moments of reconnection like outside of a sexual context. I love like seeing that my partner is worked up because like, I'm like just a pretty horny person and I'm around pretty horny people. My boyfriend, Andrew, he and I met, we arranged for a foursome with our respective partners. It was actually his now ex-girlfriend and my nesting partner. And we didn't suck on our first date. We made out a little on our first date. But like as they were leaving my apartment, we like locked fuck me eyes. Eye contact is my favorite thing in the fucking world. I truly believe it is like my biggest tool as a human being. Yes, Everybody is like, Emma, how do you make everyone fall in love with you? How do you make everyone want to fuck you? And I'm like, I just make eye contact until we're fucking or they break eye contact. And then I know that they don't want to fuck. And that's the whole thing. I love eye contact. And so I think that is one of the ways like you can just tell you look in somebody's eyes and you're like, oh, okay.
0: But are you giving a certain kind of look? Because you're also talking to a person that like at age 26, one of my close friends was like, hey, you need to blink more and not stare at people so much. So I suspect that there's like a nuance.
1: I'm also neurodivergent and spend time with neurodivergent people. And I think that's an element of it of like, we're making eye contact. We're doing this intentionally. I was like, (laughs) no, I'm following the rule of human eye contact really goodly there is normal human eye contact and then there's like, I am looking at you and I think, yeah, I get that and recognize that
0: I'm practicing my want you eyes. And I imagine it as like trying to imagine like little smoke coming out of the side of like, "Mm." that's just like what I, I don't know what it actually looks like.
1: It all, comes for me when there
0: are sparks and when there is chemistry is
1: like it's coming both ways and i'm not gonna just like lock eyes with somebody and like then expect them to drop their pants it's like that's just not really how this goes but like when i am locking eyes with someone and it feels good in my body when i'm getting like waves of like just from like making eye contact with somebody like i said i like recently started fucking my meta and i was like trying to tell my therapist about it of like how do i tell her exactly what's going on here because Well, we fucked on acid and now we just can't stop making eyes at each other. And like, I think that's pretty much it is just like eye contact is so good.
0: I love eye contact.
1: That's a good way to make me feel desired.
0: Do you have any just like details from your group's explorations that are worth sharing? Like, I don't know, highlights or like a casual weekend or the first time you ever were all together. Just like it sounds like you have so much experience that I want to hear about.
1: fucking love group sex and i've gotten lucky and that i like have a lot of group sex and also i've gotten lucky and i've worked at it like i've tried to make this happen in my life and i think that what i'm laughing at because my boyfriend also is like very group sex motivated and that's like part of the reason that we've like stayed in each other's lives so long is like oh you and i both want the same thing that like I think both of our other partners like like and enjoy but it's like no this is something I want and am going to work to get I guess I can talk about like the first time is that like my meta and boyfriend and I were like well we want to do acid together and I think like in making the decision that we were going to do that it was both of us being like okay like we probably feel like there might be some chemistry here but like he had asked us multiple times like would you guys want to play together because we have played together in the context of like we'll both be giving him attention or like when we were like co doming him we did that or we did like a kinky christmas surprise a surprise threesome was something that like really excited him so we i made this like big banner that said kink miss i love a good scene
0: oh yeah and
1: he has like four posts on his wall like for restraints and she had him like up on the wall with like noise canceling headphones and a blindfold on and then we had a rage so then i came upstairs and then like we both started giving him a blowjob and he was like are there what and then we took off the blindfold and started playing jingle bell rock it's all just bullshit i like is bullshit and that's what i'm trying to To achieve. It's just like constant ridiculousness. So we did things like that, but like he kept being like, Would you guys ever like want to, like, I'm not trying to force anything here, but like, would you guys want, and we were both sort of like, No, I don't think so. Like, I don't really think. And I think part of that is because there were a lot of complicated poly dynamics at the beginning of that relationship. And then the first time we kissed, we were both just like, What? Like, what? And it was just instant like chemistry of like, we cannot keep our hands off of each other and like, he fucking loves watching too so it's great there will be moments when i like fully forget that he's even present and this is all in the last month like this is very new sparky nre exciting stuff
0: new relationship energy for those of you who don't know nre
1: it's just like really been blissful but we do have chemistry we do have sparks and this person like i have like a really great like actually close friendship and relationship with and getting to be the their relationship in a more intimate way yeah it's just been really a cool unique unexpected experience and i think that's kind of what i was laughing at is i've been seeking this like recurring group sex this perfect scenario for so long and i found it when i stopped fucking trying and when i was just sure like we'll make out that would be great that would be fun And it's really good and it's really fun and it's really exciting. And there's just like a lot of things I want to do. And also Andrew's biggest motivator in the world is group sex. So it's so exciting to me to think about denying him that because he's also just so fucking into being denied of just like we can just fuck right in front of you. And we have like we've definitely been playing that up. We're busy and poly and so like we're hanging out together. And also like I don't have a ton of time or energy to like really invest in like another relationship with a person right now at this point so like that's just kind of like the context and like we will hang out and like we're gonna hang out tomorrow because he's out of town and like that's great and fun but it's like no we can still just like explore each other and get to know each other even if he's there and like the other night we were all spending the night together and they were both kind of touching my vulva and like she reached over and was like oh, like, sorry, like, I'm in the way and Andrew's in the way. And I was like, do you want Andrew to get out of the way? And then she, like, fingered me and then we were making out. And, like, it was just so...
0: (laughs) I love... It's just more play friends all around you. Are you into sci-fi at all? I'm
1: adjacent. I'm Polly, So, like, there's a lot of, like, Star Trek energy occurring around me.
0: I think you'd really like Robert Heinlein. I think you would really like the, like, Polly storylines in, like, Time Enough for Love, Number of the Beast... The Cat Who Walks Through Walls, and there's one more to sail beyond the sunset. That one less so, but like that's a clump of books that like, they kind of overlap. But the polyamorous and then the moon is the harsh mistress, which is where Wyo, the name comes from. Oh,
1: I do appreciate that.
0: Like there's just more. He has so many good polyamorous like different types of storylines. And they're all with like very emotionally developed people who basically just have very hot orgies.
1: I love hosting and like really love hosting play parties and have been particularly COVID cautious. So that's been something that I've like really been missing and excited at the prospect is maybe like a period this summer where that feels like something that is safe
0: to do with some like, precautionary measures. Yes, please tell us what you're looking forward to.
1: There is something so exciting about meeting somebody at a party and like feeling sparks and like yes. getting to go jump on that, especially like, with my partners and like with people who I am comfortable with it's almost like a security blanket a little bit in like entering a hookup I think it's one of the things I really like about group sex and like about having like a built-in play or two it feels a little comfier because if at any moment I'm like oh I'm feeling like caught up in my head or I'm feeling like weird I'll be able to like turn to my partner and like make out with somebody who I'm like comfortable with for a little bit yeah or like if I'm like feeling overstimulated and like we joke a lot about like sexy neurodivergence and like how so much of this like sensory seeking shit I'm like this is just we're all just a bunch of weirdos and like sex is totally a special interest and like a hobby for me and so
0: Yeah, (laughs) I feel you. Okay, so are there any like specific group sex fantasies that you want to live out at some point? Maybe not this summer, but just like what group sex bucket list items are kind of like off on your horizon?
1: I got to kind of have a threesome on a boat last summer. I would like to really have a threesome on a boat this summer. That is 100% on the agenda. I'll make it happen. Oh, yeah. My boyfriend that's like brought all this awesome fun kink into my life is also like in a boat club and like party captain. He has like a rainbow bedazzled captain hat. It's like, we are not boat people. And we get to like the boat place and they're like, what's going on here? And I was like, I don't know, man, tech money. Like, (laughs) they need to break it to you. He's
0: a literal party captain.
1: Yeah, I would love to do that. I think exploring this like new dynamic is just like really exciting to me right now. And we have collective seasonal depression as a Pacific Northwest. But like, as we crawl out of that, I'll be like more excited to like seek new experiences. But right now I'm just like, I think I have it all. Amazing. If I can get all my in-house, like, why would I leave? This is, like, a full-service center. So the theme of my life lately has just been, like, leaning in because I'm very much a, like, seek the next exciting thing. Like, find something new. And I have a lot of really great things, like, sexually and romantically and otherwise in my life right now. And I'm just, like, leaning into that. And I'm really excited about that. Fuck yes. And parties. I want parties. I'm really hopeful that, like we can make that happen some more. Last summer, I had planned a Smells Like Teen Spirit party, which was going to be like our first foray into parties again. And it was supposed to be sort of like a post-prom party. The theme was like, dress like who you were or who you wanted to be in high school. And then we were going to like play Spin the Bottle and Seven Minutes in Heaven. And Andrew, he made like a makeout closet with like fun lights. Oh, that was the other thing that we did when we like all Andrew, Alex and I first slept together the first time is we got like UV body paint and did like a glowy photo shoot in the black light. Yes. Now I'm like, I have a black light kink. I think it's like burned into my brain, like Pavlovian. Like I'm just like really into anything that glows. We ended up canceling that party because like Delta started rising. Yeah. And so um, we're like hopeful that maybe that could be something that could happen again. And also just like lean into that awkward, like we haven't done this in a while energy. Cause I am kind of nervous about that of like, I haven't really. I mean, I've like slept with new people, incidentally, but like found somebody at a party and like done that thing in a while. So I'm forward to
0: that. That's fun. That's fun energy when it just clicks. Okay, so you have a nesting partner and then partners you don't live with. What is your sexting game like? Does it exist right now? Is it more in-person stuff? Do you like sexting? Do you send nudes?
1: I love sexting. I'm in a nudes chat. One of the poly groups I'm in has like a nudes chat. I love to, like, take nudes and send nudes. I take a lot of, like, pictures of the sex that I am having, like, with my partners and, like, videos thing things. And, like, we're not, like, selling them or posting them really anywhere. I think, like, a couple things maybe have posted, like, on Reddit in, like, chastity. Like, really niche kink subreddits. I like sexting. I have definitely done, like, really, like, extended kink scenes via text and via sex. And like I said, I have that, like, gabby nature of, like, I think that that you can do a lot just by talking and similarly by, like, texting and typing. And I think that comes out more in some relationships rather than others. But I do like sexting. I'm into it. But I'm seeing partners. I'm busy, and like if we're seeing each other a couple times a week, I'm not really necessarily gonna sex you. But like, also, I send flirty, sexy messages all the time, and it's always met with like excitement. Or like, if I see like some hot porn on Reddit, I'll just like send that clip, and it's fun to know that like, especially if Andrew's in chastity, of like, oh, here you go. Here's a little little parcel, and like keeps that spark sort of going.
0: Amazing. This group of nudes are those like lovers of yours or just, like, a social group?
1: Mine's a little blurry.
0: But, like, are there strangers there you don't know or is it, like, people that you could, like, hook up with?
1: It's all people I've met in person. It's a social poly group
0: that Andrew
1: and some other people run. I didn't identify as polyamorous for a long time, even though I was actively practicing polyamory I think that was because the polyamorous people I was meeting were weird or mean yeah or like kind of gatekeepy
0: liars like being shitty in general
1: or like on this pedestal a little bit of like I am holier than thou and it's also just like I don't really identify as nerdy I don't really play video games as much I don't do like the tabletop board games and so like I just didn't have that like social connection with a lot of poly people and then I found like this group that's like no we're like really fun and it kind of has that like party energy a little bit and like a very sex positive environment of like a lot of kinky slutty poly people and I was like okay there we go I can maybe be poly
0: amazing
1: so it's like a group of people that like I've been on like cabin retreats with or like we'll like hang out or do other activities but then like there's this side thread news chat that is so fun to have and like it's just like such a funny array of things that people are into or that people are sending that I'm like this is totally different from what I'm into and I love that you're into it and that's <laughs> so exciting
0: for me that's amazing Outside of that group, are you in any like group sexting? Like do you, Andrew and Alex have a group sext going ever? Like at a given moment if you know you're gonna do a scene together or something, or just how's that work?
1: It's called the committee. C U M M I T T. Yes. We'll text occasionally. I think Andrew and I text. I always say that my relationships need to have an activity or like a thing that we do. And like our relationship is like, we have a lot of sex. We both have that sort of like sex nerd energy. We like took like a verbal domination workshop on Zoom together. And like, that was really fun. And so like, we definitely sex more one-on-one. So that's also like a really new dynamic. And I think over time that might shift. And I've definitely done group sexting before. And like, it's super fun. And actually my first date with Andrew, we didn't hook up. And then like later that evening, we ended up having like type sex, the four of us. It wasn't great. I hadn't really done that before, but I was just like horny and like feeling like doing something a little erratic. And that was a safe way to do that. But it was fun. Yeah, I think I would maybe do video chat sex again if I had to but I can just have real sex and I'd rather do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, if it's whatever's available, I definitely explored a lot of video stuff during COVID. And I think I learned how important the kind of like mindset and like a baseline level of connection, like what is the overlap here? Like, what are we actually collaborating on together? Kind of like what you said. So I feel you where it's like, oh, that was weird. I'll try it again. Maybe I'll make it more fun next time. We'll see. I'll try it. <laughs> I'm still yeah. it.
1: For me, so much of sex is set and setting. And I initially went to school for lighting design and I have said before, like my biggest turn on is just like good lighting in a place. And like, I will not fuck with like overhead lighting. I simply like cannot get into that space. It's too bright
0: for my eyes.
1: I think that part of the sex thing is that for me is like, I just don't feel like I'm in this sexy head space as much because I'm like on my phone and there's like other things going on and I'm like looking at a screen. And so I think that is maybe one of
0: the things It's just like, it's not really motivating me as much. So on that note, if lighting is important to you, how do you feel about porn? Do you watch it at all? I get taken out sometimes by kind of like the details of the scene or the lack of details of the scene. What is your porn relationship like?
1: This is maybe like narcissistic, but like I just watch the videos and pictures that like my partners and I take when we're fucking. I get that, and I feel like it's perfectly curated. It's inherently ethical. Yes. yes! <laughs> Yeah, it works great. So just like make your own porn. It's DIY. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll sometimes read like gone wild stories or like look through like things that people have posted on Reddit. I like like little clips. I don't have a great attention span when it comes to
0: like consuming any media.
1: So porn isn't usually my go to.
0: Are there any sex toys that you have that we haven't talked about yet that need attention? You know, we talked about glass. We talked about stainless steel. Is there anything else that you either like have and love or want?
1: I found on Facebook Marketplace. Okay, this is not a sex toy, but it is a pink locker that I have filled with sex toys and has a disco ball in it. And it's just my favorite thing in the world because it combines my favorite things, which are like having sex and really bold aesthetics and ridiculousness. So I like that. I love my magic wand. I have like a ribbed glass dildo that I like really, really love. I've had that for a few years, and it's like if I'm really trying to come, I'll just like put that inside or like have somebody hold it there and then like put a magic wand on my clit. And like that'll give me like just like a really good solid orgasm no matter what. I have an enjoy that's pretty fun. What's that? No, those are like the big heavy stainless steel curb toys. If you Google like how to squirt, the article will be like everybody is different. There's no way to know. And also buy this toy. It is the thing that makes me squirt and because it like kind of pushes against your like urethral sponge and then like the chastity cages i just like helped andrew measure his penis for like a custom one because he has like kinda, like a very interesting dick like a very sensitive dick that like he likes to be touched like on top of his foreskin and like his dick also has like a very stiff upward bend like very stiff so like he can't really like fuck me from behind because it's like dick is straight up so it's like makes looking for cages a little tough So like that has been another
0: thing. He has so many of them. And what do you do with them? What do you do with things that you don't? like well so here's the thing i think if people know someone really well swapping if it's like a thing you're going to get rid of it's just going to go in the trash this is maybe terrible like borderline hoarder artist advice but like i actually have a box of stuff that is like not going to go somewhere that's going to get turned into a sculpture you know so i'm like let's make art with it let's make sexy weird art with it i don't know but i i love the idea of like a stack of cages in the shape of a cock i don't know
1: I like that. Oh, my God, they're so expensive. When I look at like the investment that I've made on sex toys and so many that I'm like, yes, yeah, somebody might like it. And that's why I keep it around because I'm like, somebody might like it, but I'm not going to pull it. So I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's such a hard thing of like, you can't return these things. And like I use condoms on all insertable toys, like most of them can be sanitized. Like in theory, they should be able to be passed on to people. I think a lot of people have the heebie-jeebies about that. They do energetically.
0: And so I'm like, OK, if it's heebie jeebies we make we make it beautiful with art. That's my vote
1: that we maybe could
0: do a slot i think you should do that then (laughs) did you ever read like the sisterhood of the traveling pants i think it's before your time but like you know you just keep passing it on and just see what adventures it goes on
1: (laughs) exactly somebody will like it eventually do you have sex dreams not really i'm fantasizing all the time during the day but i don't really remember my dreams in general i've got all kinds of shit floating around in my brain all the time i think i always have like a little bit of like just like a fantasy running in the back
0: (laughs) do you share it with your partners often Yeah. Like that
1: can be like a sex act in and of itself. Sometimes it's just like if I'm feeling especially lazy is to just like whisper a fantasy in somebody's ear while I'm touching them because it feels like way more than it actually is. I think what I figured out is like if you ask for something, a lot of the time you can make it happen.
0: Do you have any other stories about sexual disasters or triumphs or just awkward, amazing things or just specific stories you wanted to tell us?
1: Some of the worst sex I ever had was this person was going to catch my vulva. And I was like, let me give you some lube. I hand them the bottle of lube and they're looking at it and they're like, it looks cold. And I was like, well, it's probably cold. You can warm it up in your hand. And then they took the bottle and they like rolled it between their hands, like in the bottle. And I was like, oh, no, I mean like in your hand, like put some in your hands and then you can warm it up. And then they like put it in their hands and rubbed it. I swear to God, like into their whole hands, like lotion. At this point in my life now, I'd be like, do you want to make out? (laughs) Like, let's let's move on from this because this is not working. Or
0: it needs a tutorial, like a whole scale tutorial.
1: Yeah, I truly do not remember the rest of the situation because it clearly was not memorable.
0: That's a story where I'm like, man, I'd love to crash into that person in the universe and hope that they tell their part of that sex story. They were like, yeah, the first time I didn't know what lube was. And so I used it like lotion. Like, Like, what a way to learn. We all need tutorials somehow. I don't know.
1: Last summer, I think I mentioned, like, had a little bit of a threesome on a boat, and that was fun. Around us, everywhere, houses on water are, like, rich people houses, like, really nice houses, and we kept kind of, like, we couldn't anchor in this part of the lake, so we were just kind of kept drifting, like, close to, and I'd, like, look up, and then we, are like, got into the middle of the, like, water so that we could maybe then drift to, like, have a little bit of time to drift, but people just, like, kept coming up by, and now I'm like, how many people are fucking on boats? Because it's so fun. Just the novelty of it and, like, the rocking. The rocking the boat. But now every time I'm, like, on the lookout, I'm, like, for people fucking when we're boating around.
0: What about future hopes, goals, and dreams for your sex life?
1: I hope that I continue to stay curious. I'm very cognizant of the fact that I'm 23 and I've got, like, a lot ahead of me. And, yeah, I hope that I continue to, like, keep up my value of myself and, like, remember that it's okay to prioritize sex. And I think culturally, that's just like, not a thing that is said, but like, I'm at a point where like, no, that's like a priority in relationships that I'm forming. And that is a priority to in general. And it's okay to say that. And it's okay to do that. And yeah, I'm really hopeful that like my fun, ridiculous little life will continue to be fun and ridiculous. And like King Bed Polly is really treating me well and i hope that it continues to and i'm excited for whatever is to come because i certainly like did not expect when i was like skyping with my 14 year old girlfriend in finland that i would be like landing in this slutty queer fantasy life so soon like i feel like i've really just figured it out and also i have no idea what's going on so yeah i think i just hope i continue to be curious and explore and be open-minded and i think that i will
0: fuck yeah Emma thank you so much for being
1: on the show yeah this has been such a pleasure
0: do you have a sex question you want to ask me that people could listen to on patreon.com slash what
1: would you say is like just your approach in general to like relationships and
0: to the connections
1: that you make in your life and like how do sex and romantic connections relate for you